Recruitment Journeys is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. No matter what your recruitment journey is, whether it's contract, temp, exec search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner to help accelerate growth, speak to Vincere. Visit vincere.io forward slash mint for an exclusive offer for all subscribers of this podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Recruitment Journeys podcast series. My name is Pete Watson from Mint Recruitment, and we're in Ottawa, or Rec to Rec, whatever you want to call us. And as an Ottawa, we spend all day, every day, talking to recruiters about their careers. That's kind of what we do. We've been around since 2004, placing recruiters into Australia, the UK, Asia, and the US. And in those 15 years, we've seen pretty much every direction in which a recruiter can take their own personal recruitment career. So in this podcast series, we're going to interview recruiters all on a different path, each with a different destination, and we're going to hear their individual stories about how they got to where they are today. So if you're a recruiter and you're thinking about your next chapter or your future journey, and you just want to hear about how others did it before you, then please sit back and enjoy Recruitment Journeys. In episode 10 of Recruitment Journeys, we talk to Andrew Sully and Henry Gatehouse from IT recruitment specialist Talenza. Now, we've called the podcast the Growth Mode Startup, but with the benefit of hindsight, that title doesn't really do Talenza justice. We should have called it the Supercharged Startup. The four Talenza co-founders, who are all ex-S3 guys, by the way, They've achieved what most startups don't even remotely get close to, and that's significant headcount very quickly. 30 staff in less than three years, to be exact. So if their first three years are anything to go by, the future is very, very bright at Talenza. Global expansion is firmly on the table. But I'll let Sully and Henry tell you all about it. Hope you enjoy it. Andrew Sully and Henry Gatehouse from Talenza. Good morning. Morning, Pete. And thank you very much for being here and, and being involved in, in recruitment journeys. Appreciate your time. Uh, now, chaps, uh, I've already given you a bit of an introduction to uh, to the listeners of recruitment journeys, but in your own words, would you mind introducing yourself? Uh, my name's Henry Gatehouse. I'm one of the four co-founders of Talenza. Um, been in Australia for nine years now. Been in recruitment for eight of those. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been on some journey so far, and hope to, hope it continues in the same vein. Yeah, and that's what we're that's what we're here to hear about. Cool, uh, Sully, uh, been in recruitment for fifteen plus years now. Uh, obviously, one of the co-founders, um, and yeah, we've got many war stories. It's interesting that you uh, introduce yourself as Sully. Uh, yeah, it's only my, my mum and, and my wife that call me Andrew when I've been naughty. So, it's just, but most clients, most people these days, most, most people sully. do call yeah, you they sully. Me, they don't even know my first name. I think the sully. Yeah. Well, chaps, again, thank you for being here. So we're here to talk about Talenta, uh, which is uh, uh, has it's been fascinating to to watch from the outside looking in. Uh, to anybody who uh, is listening who doesn't yet know much about Talenta. Obviously, you're about to find out, but the, the fast stats are the business is only three years old. Uh, and you just told me this morning that you've just hired your 30th person. 
which is uh, rapid expansion. Uh, so you started the business three years ago, the two of you alongside Simon Lynn and Dan Cabelli. Um, so we, we we didn't really know what to call you, did we? So we, we, we bounced some emails around yesterday uh, suggesting that maybe we call you a startup. But Henry, as you quite rightly said, we're, you know, we're past that point. We're not four blokes in a room anymore. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're 30 people. So for the purpose of this podcast, we've decided and we've just agreed to call Telenza uh, the growth startup. And I think that refers to the fact that you do have big plans, uh, which we're going to talk about today. And you've already achieved so much in, in just three short years. But to talk about the concept of this podcast, it's all about inspiring people. It's all about talking to recruiters out there who are in their career and they're thinking, what am I going to do in this industry? Because when we all start in recruitment, and I'm sure it was the same with you guys in your early to mid-twenties, none of us truly know where the hell our recruitment career is going to go. Did you know yeah, when you started at the S3 group that nine years later you'd be running a business with, with 30 people after three years? Um, frankly, no. Um, <laughs> didn't really know what I was getting into. To still, be still can't quite believe it. No, still can't have to pinch ourselves sometimes. But... Um, Recruitment is an amazing thing, really. Like most recruits fall into it. Yeah, I think I certainly did. I was a charity fundraiser before, so. Well, that's um, funny enough. You, you you lead me nicely onto my first question, um, and that is it's it, it's a classic question that I ask everybody, really, which is which is yeah, you know, how you did find yourself mm. working in the wonderful world of recruitment, but you were working in, in charity fundraising. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I, I booked a round the world ticket to do a bit of travel and visit Australia. Go to the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. And uh, got this charity fundraising job. Did that sort of eighteen months traveling around Australia, and uh, caught up with an old mate who I used to play rugby with. And he said, "Oh, you should come and interview S three. Great bunch, good fun, bit more white collar, bit more professional than probably what you're doing now. Yeah. And there's route to getting sponsorship and PR." And so it sounded good to me. Turned up to the interview, and and then one thing led to another, and there it was. Yeah. And how long did you stay at S three? So five years. Five years. Yeah. What about you, Solly? Uh, well, prior to how, how did you break into recruitment? Uh, I think I was well. I'd actually I had a bit of a reality check because I was at uni for a, probably an extra year longer than needed to, just because I think I was enjoying university life. And then I run to be the president of the university and won it, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think I was going to win it. Uh, and then realised that actually no, you need to leave and actually get a career. And then yeah. just started interviewing and went for every kind of sales job under the sun tried to figure out what I wanted and come across recruitment and actually just I liked what that said and was about more than any other sales job from mm. you know all the other ones were more fields on your own by yourself and yeah. I don't mind my own time but I, I'm a team player I'm for being part of a team yeah. and I felt that you probably learn more in a team corporate environment obviously not knowing that recruitment was probably the least corporate most sales job from yeah. the start yeah. back then uh, but it did have lots of structures and processes to learn from, um, and that was how I fell into it. Yeah, I, so I, I don't know if you know, but I'm, I'm ex S3 as well, and I still remember seeing the advert in the newspaper, not online, but in the yeah. newspaper, promising first year earnings of £100,000. Yeah, I think my, I applied, and I actually do remember, I was sat in my mate's bedroom applying for it, and it says like New York, Marbella, Barcelona, Royals Roast, BMW, yeah. 100K, and I was like, oh, sounds good, boom. Yeah, <laughs> done, yeah. And my, my, what was your starting salary? Uh, 12 or 13,000 pounds. Yeah. 
What was yours? Forty two K Aussie. Yeah, yeah mine was eight thousand pounds. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> cool. So look, we're going to start. We're going to talk about Talenza and, and how it all came about, where you are as, as, a, as a business now. But uh, I suppose uh, and what that journey's been like. But we're also going to look at what the what the future of Talenza looks like. And, and if uh, if your past performance is anything to go by, then the, the future is very bright uh, at Talenza. But I suppose taking it back to to the start, you guys were obviously working together at the S3 group. Yeah. Um, at what point did you start kind of uh, kind of sidling off to the side and, and starting to have kind of covert, secret conversations about you know, potentially doing this for yourself one day? Um, it kind of happened quite, well, relatively quickly. So I think, Sully, well, you were in Perth for yeah. how many years were you there for? Four or five years. Four or five yeah. years during the mining boom and oil and gas, and then that obviously all came to a stop. So Sully came back to run the technology team. Yeah. And that's when we started working together. So I was running, me and myself and Dan were running the, the permanent IT team at that point, and Sully was uh, the director of that. So we started working together, and then uh, I think we went on a so we went on a trip to Korea and incentive, the three of us, and then I guess halfway between a ski slope and a bar, we started chatting about maybe doing something, and and that kind of just snowballed into let's do something. Yeah. Um, did you add anything to that? Uh, yeah, I definitely knew I had plans because I knew that I was coming back, and I, I knew that I was would be leaving S three in the. It was my time to leave, I guess. Just I didn't want to stay my welcome, and I just didn't want to be a one trick pony and work mm. forever. And I kind of always aspired to do something else, but yeah. Yeah. You know, after a few uh, drinks with Henry and Dan up and down the slope, just testing the waters and what their mm. attitude was on some things, and then it was like, oh, this plans could align. We could do this, and then that's where, yeah. But when, but, but but when did it become serious though? Because <clears throat> the beautiful thing about recruitment is you, you can start recruiting business quite easily with a brain, a phone, and a bit of a network. At what point did? The, the, the drunken conversations on the slopes start getting a bit more serious when you're sitting around a table saying right it probably boys. got serious when we landed yeah. oh wow like we, we okay. had, so on that trip me and Dan actually had a few red wines going to Korea and map day 20 people how we could grow S3's business and how we should do it some improvements that were needed because yeah. that team was the worst performing team in Asia Pacific that financial year before okay um, we come back and it went to be the number one in Asia Pacific, and it was a top five globally. Yeah. Um, and then we, but we, so we went to the table with this is where we can grow it, this is what we can do, this is how we can do it, but this needs to be some systemic changes in our Australian business. Mm. A lot of those things were thrown out the window, and we're like, well, I'll tell you what, if we're not, if we achieve that together, and then people aren't listening to us and not willing to change, and we're seeing some absolutely cracks and opportunities mm. to build something great and we were willing to stay and yeah. to do it there um, but if you're not being listened to and valued mm. then I think it was a more of a case of and actually one of your old competitors Tony Crane I somehow come across him and he sat down with us and we drew up a bit of a business plan and I think yeah. a business would call it like AHG Digital so we looked at a few different names mostly involving initials we, we had pulled out so we, we had drafted business plans we had meetings we, we at your house was yeah, it we, we, we proper you know went and thought and talked about it met people questioned yeah. it um, and then you know Simon kind of cottoned on to it and was like I'm really keen yeah <laughs> and then 
uh, it went from there. I think so. It was it was months in planning, in reality, of lots of talks and conversations. Yeah. And then we all worked towards right. The end of that year would be the year. So we all wanted to make sure we left. Yeah. That there was legacy systems, team process, and like thing you, you wanted to be the top bidder. Yeah. And uh, Four left, with, yeah. Yeah. so there was like things that people wanted to achieve. So yeah. no one said you know there, there was no thieving, stealing. You know it was like let's go out on a high, do things right, and then we'll start. And that's kind yeah. of okay. So so you you probably knew you could do it because of your experience, and you were probably buoyed and encouraged by the fact you were going into it as a as a team, if you like. Mm. And and you've obviously explained the push factors from S three. Yeah. But on a personal level. What was what was your motivation to start your own business? Um, for me, I always knew I wanted to run a business from when I was quite small. Uh, my dad ran his own business, had a couple of companies, so I always looked up to him and he was like, if you work for yourself, that's the best outcome. So I always knew I wanted to do that. When I was 17, I ran an eBay business on the side, trying to make some money, which was quite successful, but didn't obviously spend a lot of time or have a lot of money to put it back into, I was going to university. Mm. So when met Sully, I knew Dan very well, I worked with him five years and we'd talked about it previously, I knew he was in, and when Simon kind of came and he was the final piece of the puzzle, because he, we're all permanent recruiters by trade, mm. Simon's a contract recruiter, so we knew we needed someone that had that brain. Mm. So for me, the ducks kind of lined up, it was good, perfect timing, um, you know, owning a business in recruitment, a fantastic, I, I would have been happy owning a business in anything, mm. but recruitment is the vehicle that's allowed me to do that, mm. um, and to do it with four, three people that like-minded you know it's been same page yeah, yeah it's, we'll, I guess a bit of luck a bit of timing but yeah. I guess you need that in life <laughs> yeah was um obviously I'm, yeah go on mate and I probably you know, there's an enormous amount of people that have left S3 over the years and set up successful <coughs> businesses yeah and then when they've left you kind of almost you know it, it is like well I, you know S3 went through a generation hiring I think an amazing amount of talent and entrepreneurial people which then obviously helped them grow and they mm. went from a couple of hundred people to you know, a mm. couple of thousands but then if you're going to hire that breed of people they're going to need to go on to some bigger pasture so obviously yeah. the fading group Adam Burke was S3 he sold his business for you know many millions the Frank International guys so you're kind of like over the years I had hundreds of conversations with people that were thinking about leaving and were mm. always wanting to do it it was a case of the S3 was a good vehicle to grow and learn about scalable yeah. business and being able to, you were given a lot of responsibility and accountability young in your career. Mm-hmm. Like they were talking to you about leading when you were like six months in and done yeah. about eight deals. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So that was bred into you yeah. uh, to want more and to be able to do it. And then you had the exposure early to, to do it. And, and they were good at that actually. They were good at pulling people into, into the leadership positions and positions mm-hmm. where you had to do things you hadn't done before. So that was a great company to work for mm. that really probably set us all up to be successful just in terms of a skill set that they gave you yeah. so for that you've got to be grateful so it's fair to say that being part of that that, that machine if you like was, was in, it served as your inspiration yeah yeah um, yeah, it, it's, it's, their, yeah. it's their Achilles heel but yeah. uh, they're still a successful business you know yeah. without us and, and have always been and for many years so it's uh, they, they should be probably you know there's many people <laughs> yeah. like Gary and Justin and Russell and you know, the senior guys that started it can probably take their hat off that they hired a, a many people that have set up businesses that are now competing or bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you should be. It's almost like they should be proud. proud. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, that's. I think you know, it's it's definitely no sour grapes or bad blood for many of us to S three because without them, <clears throat> yeah, there's many of there's us. There's but there's many people out there who run lifestyle businesses, global businesses that 
effectively are built on the S3, uh, um, lots of the structures they give you, but there was things that they did that were just yeah. systemic that were never going to change. Yeah. They, they, yeah. I don't. There was pockets of people who were very good with clients, but overall very transactional business. Yeah. And they never saw the value of you know really true client relationships and doing things in a way that you know was a self fulfilling prophecy that yeah. there was you know you just got more return business yeah. and you've got you know you could you can actually affect your churn if you respect people and treat people well and treat them like adults and so I think just seeing lots of the things that they did well and the things that I saw and we saw as opportunities um, that's really what's been a uh, the bent behind what we've done mm. and for 10 years I watched companies like Bluefin and Ethos mm. steal my top billers or our top billers in Australia yeah. Um, yeah. and I really respected them as a business and how they went about growing businesses mm. um, really mature approach about you know top down leaders going out and looking after clients winning business and so I think I always knew that I wanted to if I left and set up a recruitment business they were the two that probably Knowing what I know about S three, the good and the bad, mm. and then what they did well, that all that lot listening, watching, observing, mm. that's kind of been the makeup of putting together a lot of the ideas that we've, yeah, we've it's done. Been the ingredients mm. to take the good stuff and learn from others around us. Mm. Um, so it's definitely not together. Yeah, the, 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 the S three that they get a you know they get a they get a fair amount of stick in the market. But they are a phenomenally successful business, and they, they produce phenomenally amazing people. You, if it wasn't for the S3 group, mate, you could have been driving around the southeast <laughs> suburbs of I'll Sydney be, selling photocopiers. I'll be painting and decorating. So we'll come back to the S3 model and what that business looks like, and, and whether that kind of mirrors what you know you want you want Talenza to be. But um, in, in the build up to, to, to launching Talenza, did did any of you have any kind of last minute jitters or concerns or did anybody get close to pulling out anything kept kept you awake at night no to be honest, I think the only thing that was holding us back was just financials we part of the the planning phase was you know obviously can we fund it ourselves if so how much do we need and if we can't fund ourselves do we need to get some capital investment and if so what does that look like so we yeah. had some conversations around that and, and quite frankly like and understandably what you have to give away is and it's not worth it we were talking about yeah. giving away 51% of the business before you start. Yeah. And that's understandable because really if someone's investing in you, they're just investing in four people. There's no product, there's nothing there, right? So we met a couple of millionaires yeah. um, by just reaching out to them, didn't know us, yeah. and just by pestering them <laughs> on LinkedIn saying, yeah. look, I've got, we've got idea, this is it. But a lot of people don't, didn't understand the recruitment. There's not a lot of cost. And so the cost, yeah. so when they got they were like, well, that's just money for your salary. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to make you so much more money in return. Yeah. For you yeah. Know, so actually, then it was a lot of them said, well, basically grow a pair of balls and do it yourself. Yeah. And basically, if you're going to really learn about doing a startup ever and setting up a new business, there's nothing better than being on your shoestring budget yeah. and having to do beans on toast. Yeah. You know, having to like yeah. scale back your lifestyle. Yeah. Because the one lady was amazing, still speaks to a lady called Renata, um, heavy in the tech community. She was like, you know, just, I'm not paying for your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so piss off. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back to me when you start to grow the when business. So maybe I'll buy yeah. in and I'll help you scale it internationally. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, no, I'm like, well, no, you piss off. <laughs> 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 maybe one day, I don't know. But the, 
that was that I I think actually yeah, having to scrimp, save, think what we needed, how we needed it, and then the catalyst of well, you know, f this, I'm yeah. not going to be scaling back my lifestyle for that length of time. Yeah. So the four of us sat in a room like, right boys, I'm not having beans on toast for longer than like twelve weeks. <laughs> you know, no, no way. We get out of this bloody door, and we're going to get out of this. We want to move out of this office as quick as we can. That have no windows. That ends up getting chap lips in. We got to go. <laughs> and so it was just head down. Let's go. Like yeah. we, we have a, a lifestyle and a you know a way of we want to live. Um, we did that for nine months. Yeah, not four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> not, but we paid ourselves from nine months. Was it nine months? Yeah. You forget. Right, right. But um, I, I, I think. If you were to go and start up on your own or even with one other person, it would be, I think you'd be more likely to have second thoughts because, I don't know, for me, four brains is better than three, three is better than two, right? But mm. and there's four of us that we knew what each other could do. Mm. So I don't think there's any point that we were like, no, I'm not sure it's going to work. It was more, we just got to go and do it mm. and, and take the step. And I think taking the leap was the hardest thing. Once we'd done that, we were in, that wasn't, that, that was it. It was yeah. definitely like, you know, the mixer excitement and yeah. anxiety right? Yeah. because if you don't know where the deal is coming from or when how long will that invoice be paid and you know, those types of things yeah there's all those things but you just had to you know just simplify it and go do you know what if you look at what we've done over the how long we've been in the industry individually we've all been successful Sticks we can do it yeah. so actually don't worry about the you know paying the mortgage at the end of the month because actually if you just worry about doing what you do really well and do it in abundance then the the rest of it takes care of itself yeah yeah did you have the full support of, of your loved ones? Did anybody take your side and said, don't be ridiculous, you got a very good job? No, no everyone was on board. No, well, my wife's moved around for me. She's just like, shits herself most days when I come home and start talking about moving places. I still know, I, I text her saying, just had a meeting. Do you want to go to Tokyo? <laughs> so she gets a lot of that stuff. So she's just a yeah, really supportive wife that just says, yeah. you know, you'll always, we've always, you move their life forward a lot. So if we're, if it's right for us, right for family, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I think them knowing who we are, other three partners and three people, it was there was trust in what we were capable of. Yeah. So, yeah, if there was a few uh, a few chats we had to have to get them over the line, but they're all great. Yeah. So you've sort of touched on this, but to, to to go into a little bit more detail, did you reach out to any kind of business leaders, you know, people who've been there before and built successful businesses and and sought their their advice and their counsel? Yeah, well, we've got. Um, I mean, it's fair few people in senior roles that have grown businesses that we spoke to we've got a non-exec director who has worked with us from the beginning yeah um and he's been a, a fantastic advice, yeah. sounding board um not not like there, there's a, everyone that left s3 to set up their businesses mm. i've always speaking to yeah yeah so you know and that, that's you know, we definitely didn't go into this naive and just going, well, we're just good builders and we're and yeah. managers, we can do it. Yeah. There was way more tactical thinking about, right, you did it. If you would do it again, yeah. what would you do differently? And I mean, hundreds of those conversations that I'd had definitely and still have now with everyone and anyone that I can speak to in mm. our industry because mm. you can just got to learn. Mm. And that's what I think our industry overall do really bad is learning from their mistakes. Like people laugh and joke about oh, our industry has fifty percent churn, ha ha ha, we can't change it. It's like you can. Mm. But if you're not willing to reflect on it and adapt, and some of it is down to the people that lead the businesses and run it that don't address their own behaviours and stuff, but mm. they 
you know, so for, for us it was quite tactical around actually like, this is the way they pay people that does cause issues you could understand how it does and then reflect and just turned it into a business model mm. yeah I reckon historically this like recruitment businesses there's always been a lot of competition mm. not a lot of information sharing probably a bit of a reluctance to sit down and say well these are the things that we did or wouldn't do again mm. but certainly when we started up everyone was open to to conversations like Sally said and to pick their brains on what they would and wouldn't do yeah. so there's a fair few people that you know, we lent on which we're forever grateful for yeah. in terms of the advice they gave us and introductions to different Yeah, there's people, people like, you know, Adam Burke, Gary Goldsmith, those types of people, you know, for just, you know, personally, I've always kept in touch with people like that. Mm. Uh, Gary Eldon, Justin Hughes, you know, um, you can draw from their experience by calling mm. them, you know, and it's just, it's not hard to give them a call. Yeah. Cause, but the one thing I find struggle, which I think, you know, afterlife at Talenza and going forward, I think... Henry and I are on a similar page with this, is that we actually did try to reach out for people locally in Australia. Yeah. No one was interested. Really? And no, it was almost like once they've made their money or millions and sold and gone, they weren't interested in helping. Obviously, um, uh, Greg Savage, yeah. but you know, you've got to pay for his time. You know, it's not, it's not yeah, I think if you get to know him, he's happy to have a conversation yeah. now, but more often than not, there's not many people, and that's why Greg does really well, because he doesn't have any competition. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so, but in the UK, there's so many people, I'm just so thankful that I'd had the time uh, to go to you know, incentive trips when I was in the UK and gone on global incentives where I was able to touch base and build relationships with multitude of people yeah. that I've yeah. just kept in touch with over time. Yeah. Um, the guys that set up and built Frank and Faden and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. you're like, that was the only people that really truly like probably had a proper conversation about real lifestyle and then the one guy was a uh, someone we know who's based in Australia but he's also at the minute wants to name nameless because he's a CEO of another larger organization yeah. non-competitive but yeah. it's just um, he was the only one and he's and he's always been a good sounding board really amazing guy but I've said to Henry before like this is it's an absolute clear opportunity that once I want to give back yeah. This is why I think we're quite open to talking about the things that we do today. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if people take our ideas and run with them. I just want to get the raise the bar in the industry that you can address the churn, you can address some of the behavioural stuff, and you can. I just you know some of those meetings you go on with clients and they just roll their eyes because the previous hundred companies before, you know, they keep saying their websites, their trust and integrity, and actually they do completely opposite because they just do things that mm. go against that. Mm. Um, so I definitely would love, you know, once you've gone on this and got a successful personal venture under you, you come mm. out of your belt, you can go back in and mm. consult and help. Mm. Pass your experience on, mm. yeah. That's, in, in our region, people seem to be just take the money and then go and live on the beach. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Um, well, I might be able to introduce, introduce it to a few people who might be able to, to help. So, so going back to the, the concept of the podcast, like I said, it's about inspiring. Um, uh, inspiring people who want to, because we see so many startups in recruitment, but we don't see that many businesses that start and scale as quickly as, as you have. Um, when you when you cast your memory back to the to the business plan, well, let me ask you actually: is is thirty staff in three years? Is that on track according to the original business plan, or is that? Is that uh, overachieving? It's on a napkin somewhere. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I think there was no business plan. I ran out of pages today in my uh, handbook, and I have the original um, <laughs> original scribbles in the back of it with contract book and numbers in it. So I, I, I left it at home today. Sorry, I would have yeah. shown you. I think we're uh, 
not we're ahead. You're ahead, where we, but but not by much. Okay, so it was always the plan to to grow quickly. Yeah, well, we knew that we knew that well need money to scale right. So we knew that the four of us had to work hard, extremely hard for that first whole year. So it was just the four of us for a year and get as much money in the bank as we could. Yeah. So that phase two was year two and we could hire people. So I guess this would be. So if you build a business plan just on blue sky, if all going well, and if all if we do exactly what we say we're going to do, mm. and Henry always says this: if you do your job, you have no problems. Mm. You know, so if you do what you say you're going to do and deliver on it, and so it's always been just work on that. But mm. I think a lot of business fails that a lot of people either might you know a lot of puffing chesters or saying yeah let's get to a hundred and actually haven't thought about it. And we're like well, actually think of the cost of thirty people, think mm. of the cost of fifty, and then work back. Mm. Actually, what does a runner book need to look like? How much permanent revenue do you think we need to do? How much average billings per person do you think they need to be doing to get to that? So then you work all the way back and you go, well, there's four of us, do the numbers, then five, six. And so you work from where you want to be and work back on the yeah. financials. Mm. Yeah. And that's just how we've, you know, there's, you know, I, I'm definitely more the jovial one that of me and Henry for sure. And, and, and tongue in cheek, jokes all the rest person. of it. Attention to detail, but then. Um, you know, you can definitely like plan out backwards, I and mean, we knew we had to go and win the business. We had to win the clients. We had to then obviously values as the external advice more than anything was don't start doing anything until you figure out um, yeah, what you yeah, and who, who you are. are yeah. Okay, but, but okay. So, but uh, so you, you knew what you wanted to do. You wanted to grow by roughly thirty people in three years. But then the next question is how, right? How do you? How do you attract, because I know, I work in recruitment to recruitment, I know how difficult it is for established and respected recruitment businesses to attract good performance. How did you know you were going to be able to get the right calibre of people and the right amount of high calibre of people? Was it, was it just your, your charm and personality that was going to get them over the line? Or well, what, what, a, bit, a bit of that. <laughs> a lot of that. But what, what were you going to be able to offer them? And I suppose this comes back to your point about environment and culture. So... I, it's, um, yeah, as a leader, whatever you say, you know, it's just like living by, if you say you're going to do something, do it. And if you, oh, for the years of working for S3, the, the leaders that had the, the highest churn was really down to the lack of follow through. They say they were going to do things and didn't do it. Mm. Then people just fall out of, well, they, they obviously joined you because what I don't think people understand when you hire somebody, you're taking on someone's life. Mm. You've got a responsibility for their life. And I think people, you know, almost, hire people bandit round just like if they're buying a new jacket or something they're just another piece to the yeah. the this selfish commodity yeah. whereas actually like if you're hiring someone can you move their life forward honestly can you look them in the eye and say if they've said this is what i want can you can you deliver and if you can't don't hire them so if someone's asking to you know well, i want to run all your business in a year then like, well, sorry mate you're just a bit too far forward for us but this is where we're at this is the job we're delivering to you and this is the journey. And then again, because of the planning, the time we take on planning and working on the business, even today, we're constantly talking about planning and strategically thinking about mm. our business. And so we can deliver a very clear message to anyone that we're meeting, anyone that's in our business, anyone like yourself that wants mm. to help us find staff or do podcasts or whatever. It's a very clear plan of where we're going, what we're doing. Mm. And I think that that decisiveness <coughs> in communicating to people then also comes across because then... Yeah, it's it's clear, and mm, I think yeah. then you know the one bit is if you we always say to the people what we've just said to you. Definitely, obviously, the first and second and third highs the hardest, but then 
when it comes to the seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth, you say just go and meet the first and second person we hired. Mm. Before you carry on, just go and meet Ken yeah, and Andy. Yeah. Mm. Go and ask them. Henry and Sully have said X, Y, Z. Is it true? Mm. And go and look them in the eye. And if you don't believe that the sentiment's true, then let's not move forward. But it's just being just completely like frank, open, honest. Like that's mm. yeah. well, we're, we're, like we're values driven. Mm. Like we we've we've turned away big billers from different companies who just don't don't fit the value yeah, right. for us and and we were very clear on what they were but I think we can come back to that but I think another thing for, for me and for, for us as a four is working in S3 when you as you go up the chain and for all, all, all its positives the one thing that, that happens in there which I think is a reason for a lot of churn is you become a manager and then they basically say right stop doing your job and start crunching numbers and mm. tell the people that you're managing to do well, the activity and generate, generate came, came for phones yeah, you got, yeah exactly send this number of emails out whereas that doesn't work so we were really clear in that by the time we hire people we need to have accounts mm. and we need to be able to pull business out of those accounts and generate new business to give to the people who come and work for us mm. so our pledge to anyone who joins us is on their day, on day one they will have a job to fill mm. so and that I think today is has been fulfilled yeah. there's, only been, there's only been one and then we were like well we actually if you want to work for us we don't do what you do but yeah. we love you and if you Get in love it. us then let's go let's i will we can support you to help you go from a, a 250 to a 500 million dollar bill so if you want to learn to be a bill a million we can help you but at the minute don't actually none of their clients yeah, actually do what you do but if you're up for it mm. um and we had lots of conversations with that yeah. particular person but we were honest we never said one mm. we never said once that we had any jobs for her. Mm. but everyone else we were like well we've got the accounts we've got jobs you know you are going to bill from day one did she join yeah yeah cool one of the best highs i've had may i ask who that is uh cat salesforce cat yeah. yeah, fantastic. Salesforce. Because well, we, we hadn't had Salesforce. Well, Salesforce definitely wasn't in our like, initial really plan. It was, it was uh, the probably the 15th, the 20th person down the track yeah. type area. Because CRM ERP space is definitely different yeah. uh, to what we had all come from. But we had reached out to a few people and she got back and said, yeah, let's have a conversation. And we just said, this is what we've done. This is what we want to achieve. Um, this is, you know, where we want to go. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Yeah. So starting Talenza, you, you, you knew you were good recruiters uh, and you probably knew you were good people managers. How did you know you were going to be good businessmen? Uh, do, you, do you yet know if you're going to be good businessmen and, and what are you doing to prepare yourself for the world of business <coughs> and not just the day-to-day -day grind of recruitment? Um, I think we, the four of us have always been very open to learning and thinking about how to do different things and, and do things differently. So one thing that we know is that none of us are the finished article and we have to continue to develop and learn. And none of us have ever been this, you know, we've never been on this day. We've never hired our first person. Every, every new day is a first really. Yeah. So when we set up, we all knew that, you know, someone's got to do the finance, someone's got to do the marketing, someone's got to do the systems. So you just kind of have to do it. You all muck in and- So you wear different hats. You just, you just got to wear multiple hats. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know whether it was just luck or, or but we all kind of gravitated into different parts of the business. So I look mm. after all the finance piece and I just kind of gravitate to that. Mm. Dan is a super techie guy, understands computer systems and everything. So he's up all that Legal. stuff. He's an ex-lawyer. And he's a lawyer mm. as well. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Useful. And, and Simon knows contract inside and out. So he's up all of the contract yeah. agreements, payroll, payroll, all that side. And then, and then Sully is the business development guru that like just knocks down doors. So we had like a, 
we had you know a bit of a bit of everything and mm. naturally gravitated into those different spots and look the people we were on day one uh from a business perspective yeah. like we wouldn't recognize us now but that's all part of the learning curve and that's mm. we all love that yeah there was a lot to learn because I, I i would be more i was ignorant more ignorant going into it than i thought yeah to be honest because the you know i grown multiple different practices or countries or regions with S3 you know and you get exposed to all the P&L and costings and you have to make financial decisions and you have to be quite decisive with people decisions performance and you get the whole raft of it mm. um, but actually then running your own business yeah. you know I, 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 you're like oh shit there was so much more behind the scenes at S3 that was done to you <laughs> yeah. and and so and and then you know the, the decisiveness goes up another level you have to to go another another notch or two, I think. Um, but the point that Henry said, I think we're all open to learning, mm-hmm. and so we're not ignorant people. We have a, a well, beginning of this year, we have brought a coach in, uh, a company called Ripen, okay. um, Unreal. He's like executive coaching, but yeah. he's been a, he's been, I think by the age of twenty eight, he was like a, a head of or GM of an investment bank. Mm. So a really smart guy who's run hundreds of people effectively in sales and then he went in to be a psychologist and then he's got an exec coaching business but he's held us to task. Yeah. He's only 36, 37 himself but mm. he's come in, we said we want to do something and he ripped their plans to shreds. Start again. <laughs> Point, pointing fingers, putting screws in us. It's like, ah, ah. Yeah, that hurts. So we've, we're, we're always open to going outside and asking for questions. I want people to come in like a non-exec guy if he's not being tough enough, I'm like, mate, you, I want you to tell us if this is not good enough. I want you. you know, mm. So actually, you know, if you're paying for some advice, you don't want someone to be kind of rubbing your ego. It's mm. like, mm. pick up that bonnet up and tell us stuff that we don't want to hear. Mm. Yeah. We probably know, but you know, it's better, <laughs> yeah, it's better, it's better to be told sometimes. So our drive to be uh, a successful business that's around in 20 years or whatever, yeah. is that is probably individually intrinsically that we want to learn from the experience yeah. and develop. So we've all got coaches now, as of last week. Yeah, it, it, it must be so exciting to 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 be to be growing something that is clearly going very very well, but also developing as yeah as as professionals yeah. and, and presumably as humans yeah. uh, as you go. You, yeah. probably, you probably pinch yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, do you know what? So sometimes we don't. It sounds silly, but you don't have the time. Reflect. To do that, like as you hire it from July last year, we were nine to thirty. It is rapid growth, and we're, we're having to catch up with ourselves, right? So yeah. we've hired a lot of people, and a lot of the processes and systems are having to come in quickly yeah. to sustain that, which is fine because we've got a couple of awesome people in the business who are helping us to do that. Um, but our drive on the point we've said we're going to do something to people and give them something. Yeah, we're we back and we're yeah. doing it. So you know, there's many of hours to make sure that we deliver on those promises. Yeah. To make sure that we're developing those people, developing the clients, and retaining our staff. Yeah, yeah. it's only happened a few times, <clears throat> and, I, and I don't want to sound like a, like I'm brown nosing here, but uh, I've had a, a few candidates over the last couple of years, and when I hear that they're talking to Talenza, I said, "Oh shit," because I suspect if you want them, you're probably going to get them, uh, and, and not all businesses have got the ability to do that. Yeah. Are, you, are you in a position now where you are cherry picking? It's definitely uh, I, look. I mean. There's loads of good businesses out there. Like yep. We come up against, you know, we've had a fight on a few. We've people. had a fight on a few, but, but I, I think we have something that a lot of other agencies don't have, and that is fairly ambitious mm. goals and growth targets. And we can give people 
uh, something that maybe they wouldn't have in other organisations that are more of a lifestyle business but have lots of clients mm. and you can make it money. Um, but I think we definitely, there's been a bit of a change of starting to a, a, uh, get people approach us mm. um, oh. over the last six months probably. Um, it's starting to be there's thousands of recruiters there's yeah. some that might come across us but have no clue what we stand for mm. I think certainly the year on year mm. uh, people are more aware that our business is doing something different than, than yeah. their business and multiple other businesses mm. like the way that we pay our leaders the way that our leaders are, and all of us included in that was we've got seven leaders now that, um, and even our operations director she hasn't got a financial like, target on her head, but she's a well-connected, uh, you know, Sydney lady who's grown up here, who's mm. worked at, you know, large enterprise clients. Mm. She, she, she's bought into the philosophy of uh, being able to network and create roundtables that creates value for those clients. Mm. And on the back of that, you're likely to go into win business, but go into it with the premise that you add more value to these clients, hence why we're sat in one of our clients' office. Mm. Yeah. Because they respect us enough that you can use their office yeah. to do something like this. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, it's taking relationships to a whole other level. Yeah. And then that's an absolute, I think that is a dream to any recruiter to say to them that your leader is going out and winning business. Yeah. And it can it's help you earn money example, yeah. and has time, so they're not paid on you know right, you closing their own deals and have no time for you. They have time for you because they're going out to help you win business with you by themselves in trenching you in those clients. Then they're going to support you of how to do. Mm. Like one of the guys just did a sixty k deal. Um, we went with him. We pitched the retainer with him. We helped write the document with him. Helped every stage of the interview process of the retained search mm. and closed and he gets the entire end-to-end -end mm. of that deal. There's no assist, there's no analysis. Like, and he's like, you know, taking him through an end-to-end -end search process. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, there's not many companies or people that do that. There's individuals in the industry that absolutely do it, yeah. but I think it's pockets versus majority. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Henry, you just talked about uh, you know, growth and, and what that can mean for, for somebody's career coming in, into Talenta. So let's talk about growth. Uh, so you you know you've notched thirty staff in three years. What do the next three years look like? Do do you presumably you now have a business plan and, and that isn't just written on a napkin? No, it's, it's written on paper this time. Um, well, we we opened our Brisbane office in July. Yeah. So that's a big investment play for us. So with, with Rory, with Rory, yeah. Yeah. So um, awesome, awesome hire to get Rory up there. Um, so that, that's an investment play for us this year. Obviously, we want to grow that out. We've got some really good clients up there. Mm -hmm. Melbourne's uh, next on the radar, probably aiming at sort of Q4 next year, so around July to kind of have feet on the ground here. But we're going to, you know, we've already started doing regular travel yeah. to, to get the, the, the ball rolling. Um, and then onwards from that, we're, we're committed to the US. Right. Um, massive market, uh, economies of scale, there's huge opportunity there to, to grow a very successful business. So, as long as we can keep to plan and, and grow Brisbane to where we want it to be and, and get Melbourne off, off the ground, we've got people who are keen to go to the US as well. So I think for us it's about having people we trust to go to these regions, whether it be Brisbane or Melbourne. Rory's obviously a known entity to mm -hmm. us, so mm -hmm. that was a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, have people that we trust who want to go and scale something, um, and, and that comes back to the hiring. People that have, um, I guess, a bit of an entrepreneurial bone their body and want to do something that's a bit different mm. not just necessarily just be a recruiter they want to go and grow a business and have that experience so mm. America is the big play for us so let, let's let's talk big picture where do you 
honestly, realistically, almost conservatively see the business in 10 years' time? You can answer that one. Do you want to go <laughs> well, like, we've gone to the moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Sully's a very big picture thinking, maybe more like the Elon Musk of recruitment, so the moon is probably your answer. Uh, so I, I, I have... Um, you know, why can't you go everywhere? Like the, the Sorry to interrupt, do you see yourself as the next S3? Uh, I would like to be a global business. I think we'd, yeah, we'd yeah. all like to be a right. global business. Um, you know, and at some point, does that mean we're all on that journey? Because it could be, you know, if you've got a health issue or whatever, or you want to, people might want to tap out at certain checkpoints and stuff. But I think even if I wasn't part of the business, but I'd like to have got the business to a, to a point where it was across you know, multiple countries and then other people who either come in to run it or whatever that is, looks like in the future, they, there is a platform there to take it further. Mm. But I think between us and the people that we have and uh, grow, I, I don't see why we can't dominate on the east and the west coast of America. You know, obviously then Tokyo, Japan is the, the second, third largest, you know, recruitment market in the world. We've got some really good contacts there that have always given us advice, a bit of a business plan already for Japan. Mm. It's just a case of finding the right people that might want to go there. My wife definitely, well, between the four of us, none of our wives and partners want to go there. So that's like the, that's the only one that I think I could persuade my wife if I really wanted to. But I think, you know, America's for us to start. But then there and then, you know, the, the UK, as much as people might write it off, I uh, think it's always going to be a good market. You know, yeah. Let Brexit wash out. Yeah. But then you've got the likes of, we've got Cat that probably more than happy to go and run, go back to Germany one day and over Germany, wow. Dutch market. Like you, you, you basically, let's go and <laughs> see grow it. I have to hold the lead. Yeah. But that's where yeah. we're yeah. But I've got, we've got contacts. I've got people that are saying, when you're ready to come to Germany, I'll help you do it. If you're ready to come to Amsterdam, I'll do it. If you, I, I've got a couple people that probably will, go to Tokyo tomorrow but actually you can't do it all today because you can't afford yeah. to do it and I think it's about as much as yeah I might be mm. world domination let's do it but mm. actually let's just stick to a plan the plan works when we stick to a plan yeah mm. let's not go off piece too much unless something yeah. yeah we all agree on so the plan. I think one thing we're clear on so the, the, the plan Melbourne then US but for us it's about the people mm. so if someone in our business who we trust and has been a you know a great employee for us and wants to go and do something different. Someone said, well, I want to go back to Amsterdam, or I want to go to Japan, and I want to do something there, then we'll back them. Because mm. it's all about having people you trust. Mm. Putting yourself down in Japan, having to go and hire someone you don't know, it's a massive risk. Mm. So I think for us, it will come down to who we have in the business and what do they want to do, and then does it align with the bigger picture plan. Mm. But I mean, the US, you could have offices all over the West Coast, all over the East Coast. So that's a beast in its own to tackle. Mm. Um, we've got friends who have got Australian businesses who've got business in the US now twice the size in half the time mm. so but for us Australia is the focal point for the next 18 months two years before we look at America and then mm. and then we'll get going as long as we've delivered to what we need to get to are you enjoying this are you enjoying it more than you thought you would or are you, are you, are you more stressed than you thought you would be last six months has been testing why because of the growth right so I guess anyone that's run a recruitment business, when you grow and take a lot of headcount, there's a lot more cost. Yeah. Um, Just getting that cost. So that, to... that cost has gone up, cash has gone down, revenue's not really changed, but now it, now it's changed. So now we're we're seeing the upside to the investment. Yeah. So the last six months has been it's been testing, but 
we're seeing the upside to the investment and the effort that we've put into the people that we've hired. Yeah, okay. We knew what we were doing. We overhired our business plan because it was a case of we could <coughs> afford to do it. Yeah. And the sooner we get the, we, the people into our business, the sooner against that plan, the sooner we could impact the 1920 year because that had increased the GP revenue that year by over hiring earlier on this year, the back mm. end of last financial year, that will stress us out, yeah. that will be squeaky bum time, but we're in control of it and we, we can control it. Mm. Um, that allows us then to execute on a more exciting plan mm. to grab you, get Melbourne started sooner, yeah. get America started sooner. Mm. And that's coming to fruition now. Mm. I guess we were fortunate with a few bits that happened to us with getting more cash in the bank than we'd originally planned for. Yeah. So we knew we could take a few extra people on. Yeah. But didn't mean it wasn't a bit nerve wracking. <laughs> so, so as the business, but yes, we're enjoying it. Good. I, I, Good. Well, I personally, yeah, I, loving uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a, like, I, but I also think the recruitment's a roller coaster. Ride and fun, life's the same, business is the same. You're gonna have good days, bad days, but I think if you know what you're doing and you've got a plan, and you're very hungry to achieve that goal, then go at it. You know, not every day is going to be a great day, and and every day you've got to try and learn from anything that you from yesterday, and just keep in mind why you're doing it. Yeah. And what you want to achieve. Yeah. yeah. So just just quickly touching on, you know, we, we we're talking about the scaling the business and and more and more people coming into the business. Um, and we're talking about revenue and stats and growth and all the rest of it, but with more people in the office comes more humans, and with more humans comes more problems. Uh, and obviously, as, as recruitment has changed since we all started the S3 group, well, quite frankly, the S3 group probably didn't give two shits about what was going on in your house. What, what are you doing to uh, keep a focus on the, I suppose, the mental well-being of your people and making sure that they're happy in their life and their job? Is that, is that something that you've got a bit of a focus on? Yeah, well, we've got there's, there's a couple of points. Um, we were talking about this this morning as well. I was like, how, where else could we take this stuff? But uh, we've all had a strap line about how can you move someone's life forward. Mm. So it's more than just, you know, you get your desk and meet clients and do deals because I think that's why a lot of the churn happens in the industry is because it becomes a little bit of a thankless job and it becomes quite monotonous because it's quite an administrative job. Mm. Um, you've got to see, you know, how can you move someone's life forward? Mm. Um, and you know, was it one in three people are going through something quite significant in their lifetime, whether that be them struggling with an illness or something, or mm. a family member, or the rest of it? So I think it's just an appreciation of that stuff. A twelve-week uh, training program we've got now. Half of it is purely on mindset mm. um, around you know time management, planning, mindset. Them as an individual talking about you know, their needs and what their wants are, and, and helping them to know like why are you here. Mm. Like, what do you want out of life? Because we know that not everybody's going to work for us forever. Mm. And it's sometimes you speak to some recruitment leaders or just leaders in general, and they're like, they're just so shocked when people leave. Like, well, he's worked for you for three, four, five years. Mm. We're in recruitment, you know, that's part of our job. People leave, yeah. <laughs> that's how we make money. Mm. So I just love that, to know that, you know, there's some people that will be, be with us for longer, for mm. sure. Mm. But as long as the people, when they, when they leave us, we've moved them forward. And then the other bit, there's been some stuff. We've had some people have had some significant things go on in their life, in the you know since they've joined us. We've gone coaching. We've we've mm. gone one-on-one coaching with people who are you know actually nothing to do with recruitment that you know they needed some help and support. Mm, yeah. Great. Um, so it's personal touches, but I think <coughs> the size we are now, you know, and the site maybe the first hundred or so, you can have more of those personal touches. As you get bigger, you might lose some of that. I yeah. think typically, but yeah. I also think that's how we, we 
let's whatever we do today can it be scaled can we scale that yeah. let's not do things that can't be scaled or can't be promised to everybody mm. like because that's that's causes that comes back mm. and shoots you in the foot so but yeah 100 percent. like i think looking after people and understanding them uh, and helping them understand themselves is actually a, a benefit to everybody mm. yeah and the four of us are still very close to all the people so we know what we like to think we know what's going on in people's yeah. lives obviously don't know everything yeah but we catch stuff and support people and, and try and get them through it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's been something that people have really respected is that we do care. Yeah. That's, yeah. So last question, gentlemen. Again, going back to the to the concept of the podcast, it's about inspiring and, and, and helping people who want to follow your follow your, uh, your your journey. What's the number one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's thinking about going out on their own, striking out on their own, or, or, or to put it another way, what, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give yourself three years ago? Pensive pause. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my, yeah, I, I, the first question, uh, what advice would I give myself? Uh, oh, I think, yeah, I, I think you, if anyone's thinking about doing it, it's the best decision you'd ever make. It's hard work, it's, it's nerve-wracking, but it's a journey and a half, um, but it's bloody good fun and you get a lot of thrills out of it and we're at the point where we've got people who have joined us that we can see the impact that we're having on their lives mm. so their lives are moving forward our lives are certainly moving forward but for I think not only from a personal growth perspective it's really nice to see people that we've hired having developed even in a short time really changing and, and, and moving their lives forward earning good money developing the skills that they want to have or didn't have or didn't know they didn't have yeah. um, I think that's something that, mm. that's been really nice to see Mm. And so you get, you get a lot out of it from a personal perspective mm. and obviously financial perspective as well. Uh, I'm all about planning. And I think if you're going to do anything in life, you really, really need to do your planning and talk to people. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, we do, I do, I, I, anything that's going on in my life, I will bounce ideas and tell people how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about anything. So for me, it's about really being down to the nitty gritty about really why you're doing it what's the motivation mm-hmm. um, and I think then there's a lot of people that go off and do it by themselves because they think they can do it they, they don't understand they think I'm bidding 500 grand and I'm only getting paid this they have no appreciation for actually the systems and processes and the costs around doing that and then so many I've had friends you know that have done it and they're still by themselves or two people yeah. because it's them they're a biller they're a selfish Biller, they just can build, and they and they're taking all the money out, and so they're going into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Mm. So I think for me, it's really self-reflecting, understanding what you'd want it, out of it, mm. and why you're doing it, and then planning, and mm. then reach out. Like even for us, I think we we've met up with a couple of people off the back of some of their marketing. To you know, they've asked for some advice. We've sat down, we're more than happy to sit. And well, talk. that was going to be my final question. If there's anybody listening to this and they want to reach out to you guys and get your advice. Are you are you happy to uh, happy to share? Absolutely, yeah. Like, absolutely. don't have a lot of time these days. <laughs> absolutely, but we as individuals will. If people don't mind me at eight o'clock at night or seven thirty in the morning, or <laughs> <laughs> come to the gym with us. Yeah. Like, I've got I've got people. I've got a couple of clients that either go running with us or come to the gym with us. You know, it's the only time that you know they might have. We have time, but yeah. more than happy to go for a walk with someone. You know, walk the dog if they live on beaches. Yeah, yeah. but. But also from a personal experience, we didn't. It would have been nice to have people like us who would have been willing to speak yeah, to us. Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? If we can help someone grow a business as well, that's that's great for us as well. Pass on the. I don't care about competition, had. not because no. we think we're better than anyone or anything like that. It's actually like it's been competitive industry since the start. 
So the more people you can get to get on your page to do it right and to do mm. things differently that are, you know, actually adds more value to the clients and the industry and the people that are in, then so be it, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, chaps, thank you so much. Uh, that was that was genuinely fascinating. Uh, congratulations on on on, on Talenza thus far. Thank you. Uh, I look forward Thanks. to seeing what what happens over the next few years. I have no doubt it will go from uh, from pretty amazing to even more amazing. So, congratulations. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Great. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, mate. Appreciate. It. Thank you so much for listening to the Recruitment Journeys podcast. Really hope you enjoyed it. Now, while we're passionate about bringing inspirational recruitment stories to our network via this podcast series, Recruitment to Recruitment is our bread and butter and our day job. So if you are a recruiter thinking about your next career chapter or your recruitment journey, see what I did there, we're always keen to have a confidential discussion with recruiters about what's going on in the market. So please feel free to contact me in the strictest of confidence on 0432 triple six seven zero one or email me at pete at mintrecruitmentgroup.com thank you so much for listening and please watch out for our next inspirational podcast interview coming very soon